All right. So uh, here's the thing. If something goes wrong with my recording, it's actually Jason's fault. I don't like any of what you just said to me. <laughs> I don't like any of that. Why is Why are you bringing this energy to me? Because I, I, a while ago, I don't know, like a couple of weeks ago, several ATP recordings ago, I, I saw something that Jason posted. I don't even remember where it was, what it was. It might've been private, might've been public. Um, so I won't be able to put a link in the show notes because I don't remember where I saw it, but I saw something where he said through this completely convoluted series of, of hacks, he was getting audio hijack to call a shortcut to do things with his recording subsequent to the recording ending. Yeah. I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. huh, I should be able to do that. So I have this completely cockamamie setup where Audio Hijack calls a shortcut. The shortcut calls a shell script. The shell script looks at the time of day that the recording just ended mm-hmm. and says, oh, this is probably analog or, oh, this is probably ATP and will move the recorded audio file to the correct spot. Actually, okay. uh, Matt Matt in the chat has located where, where I think I saw this. Um, so thank you, Matt. So I have successfully used this whole cockamamie setup for ATP, like two or three weeks running. Haven't done it for analog yet. So hopefully this moves everything to where it belongs. Well, this doesn't bother me. The file's going to go somewhere. Is like it there though? will be I... a file. You know what I mean? Will there though? <laughs> I mean, I Why sure wouldn't there be? So. I don't know. What if I move it to dev null or something stupid? Like obviously I didn't plan it that way. Uh, the good news is I- I'm mostly pulling your leg because let's not forget that I also have the Mix Pre 3 that is doing its own backup recording. So in an absolute worst case scenario, I have a fallback, but uh, it wouldn't be our show and it wouldn't be me if I didn't bring this energy just to start us off. Yeah, I've I've been thinking about doing this, um, something like this. But for me, it would be a bit more complicated because I record so many shows. Oh, definitely. But like, I've wondered what it would be like if it fired a shortcut and it was like, what show did you just do? Or if it looked at my calendar, yeah, you could yeah, see. Yeah. But like, I just haven't looked into it yet. Realistically, it's not very difficult for me to drag a file to where it's meant to go. No, it isn't. It absolutely is. Plus, the benefit I have is all of my recordings are saved in Dropbox. So uh, that's true. You can always fall back. If I leave the studio and then Wonderful Jim says to me, Mike, I haven't got your file, I can get it to him from my iPhone because mm-hmm, I can mm-hmm. just open the recordings folder on my iPhone and just move it to the right Dropbox folder there. That it's is very nice. easy for me to do. So I, these are the reasons why I've not really gone ham on trying to work out how to do that. <laughs> Plus, I would say... I am also kind of waiting for Audio Hijack to have, I hope, at some point, more robust shortcut support. Totally. Right? Which we'll see. No, it, it is slick when it works, though. And you're right. that it's. I am saving myself literally three seconds of time. <laughs> but it's nice, once, though. That's the whole thing nice. about automation. It's nice. It's just nice to, to, to be able to sit down and do the thing and leave. Like, for example, my favorite, my very, very favorite shortcut, the one that I use the most... I have it in my menu bar, and it's called Recording or Editing Timer. And I start the shortcut, and it says, are you recording or editing? And these, are, and then this is like a, a, a menu that then calls two separate shortcuts that I have. Mm-hmm. One is the recording timer, one is the editing timer. Right, if right. I hit the editing timer, it just says, what show are you editing right now? And it gives, like, it gives me a list of all the shows that I do edit. And I will just click that, and it just sets a timery timer for that one. That's very simple, right? Yep, but yep. the recording timer, if I say recording, it looks at my calendar. It looks at my podcasting calendar. It takes the name of that show, 
starts a timer timer with the podcast recording project, adds the name of the show as a tag because I keep everything consistently named, and then sets my recording focus mode for two hours, which now changes my lock screen on my iPhone. Ooh. So it has the timer timer running there and a, a Widget Smith world clock. Ah, uh, yes. I like that. I and like it that also a lot. then changes something I really love. Uh, I've set up the photo shuffle lock screen option. Oh, that's so good. We should talk about that. That's so good. And it's just pictures of Adina. And so now if I touch my phone during my recording, like, I don't know, like maybe I'm checking a, something, a message or whatever. When it locks again, it changes to another image. Yep. So I, that's like a whole little thing that that it does now, which I enjoy. I really dig that. I should add, because uh, I have... I have a focus mode for podcasting that I think is cued off of when um, like Zoom is active. But the problem is on a Mac, active doesn't mean Zoom is open. Active means Zoom is active. You know what I mean? Mm. And so, so if I click away from Zoom, then the podcasting focus seems to go away. I, th- maybe I don't I'm, even know how you set that up. I don't know what that does at all. What, how do you do that? I think it was in, I did this a while ago. It was in system preferences. This is really good programming. Uh, system preferences. Where's fo- notifications and focus? Focus. Uh, podcasting, turn on automatically while using audio hijack, while using zoom, while using FaceTime. There's a, there's a place we can wow, hit a plus or I didn't minus. even know that was a thing you could It's do. not reliable though. I got to say it's yeah. not reliable. So, uh, but what I just occurred to me is that while I'm listening to you is I could set up another shortcut when I start recording on audio hijack to just remove all of the like Apple, like, let me try to intuit what Mm -hmm. you mean from it, you know, and I could just have audio hijack call shortcut and shortcut says it is podcasting time. Like you said, for two hours or six, if you're recording cortex. Uh, so anyway, uh, no, I think that's really slick. And you know, it's, it's silly things like this that I really love. Cause if you think about it, like the way I have things set up, this is just the way I like it. The way I have things set up is I have a detritus folder. That's literally the name of the folder that's off my home folder. And in there's things like, um, audio hijack recordings, um, the app that I use to tag, uh, geotag photos, it saves backups in there, uh, all sorts of like random and, and silly stuff that I feel like if any of these things go away at any point, other than when I'm actively recording, it's fine. It's no problem. And for the longest time I would go into the, you know, detritus audio hijack folder, and then I would open a new tab and I would drill into, you know, Dropbox and ATP or Dropbox and analog and audio files, blah, blah, blah. It occurred to me like six months ago, maybe a year ago, wait a second, I can just put a shortcut to the ATP folder in a shortcut, like a, like a like a file system, like a finder shortcut to the analog folder. And then I just drag the file from, from where, you know, the, the, the MP4 file that, uh, that is my recording. I just drag it on top of the, either the ATP or analog folder and then I'm done. And that to me was like my first level automation before I even saw the Jason post where he told, where he said basically, oh no, no, you can take this so much further. And it's just little things like that even though it only saves a few seconds, you know, once a week or once a month, it adds up, man, and it makes you happy. It just makes you happy when you can do stuff like that. Yeah, I try not to have too many. Um, same, same. I try not to have too much automation stuff happen without some level of input from me. I agree. Mm-hmm. Because I worry about either A, things get like breaking and me not knowing about it, or B, like kind of getting some things getting out of control and all like conflicting mm-hmm. with each other. But I think that like a healthy dose of automation uh, is is pretty good. And I do prefer it for me when I can use Apple's tools. I at least feel a little bit more comfortable with those because yeah. 
I feel like that there is there's only so much I can do, and that so much is still way more than I can do. <laughs> totally. So like it works, it totally works for me. Yep. Yeah, I, I really dig it. It's silly things like this that that just make me happy. Uh, but you know what makes me but way. You know what I'll say before way, you, before you do oh, that because yes. this just mm-hmm. feels like a perfect segue to something else in a way mm-hmm. as a promotion. If you have enjoyed this conversation and want to learn more about automation with Apple oh, devices, yes. you should check out Automators here on Relay FM, hosted mm-hmm. by David Sparks and Rosemary Orchard. Yep, de- definitely agree. And I'm glad you interrupted me. Thank you. That is vertical integration. That is, it is. I, I love it. Is it vertical or is it horizontal? Is that horizontal? Well, this is the um, thirty rock thing. <laughs> fair, fair. I haven't seen 30 Rock in a long time. It's really good. Uh, just assume that's a perpetual recommendation. Anyway, uh, you know what makes me really happy is uh, raising a bunch of money to help solve childhood cancer. And yeah, oh, Nelly, you yeah, raised buddy. a lot of money. You raised a lot, a lot of money. We raised a lot of money. That's true. That's true. As but a group. My goodness. We, we As did, a community. We've we done good. Oh, we done real good. We, we hit our fundraising record, $706,397.10. That is absolutely bananas. Yeah, absolutely incredible. We, and like we were get this is a funny thing. We were getting ready to close the campaign, and then the money kept coming in. So we're like, <laughs> oh, it's never too bad. And then we went, right. we raised like a hundred and something, like way over a hundred thousand uh, dollars over the weekend. So that's amazing. Yeah. So we've learned for like for next time because we were doing the fun, the, like the closing fundraising stream. Right. That was like a new thing for this yes, this which, year. Because can, we never can, I, really... can I interrupt you? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm really, I'm really upset about this. Your, okay. your, your closing ceremonies. I'm really upset because I completely forgot. Despite your repeated warnings, justifiable repeated warnings, I completely forgot that it was a thing. And then just this morning, I'm looking. So we print out a print version of our electronic calendar, which I know is kind of bananas. We just that's the way we like it. We put it on our refrigerator at the beginning of the month. Obviously, it's a little bit out of date, but it gives you kind of a glance as what what the big things that are that are, go, that, are that are happening that mm. month. We can we can explore this another time. Mm. But I realized that some dummy whose name probably rhymes with Schmacy decided to put a calendar entry not for September thirtieth, but October thirtieth, like a dum dum. If I would have carried doing this until October thirtieth, I think I would have died. <laughs> Right. I don't know how I did it. I don't know what I was thinking, but somehow I did that. So as I've said to you and others many times, if it's not on the calendar or if it's not in the app DUE do, then it will not happen. And sure enough, I think we had just finished eating lunch with Michaela or whatever. And I, I forget what we were doing. And I look, I was like, mm. I glanced at Twitter or something. And, I, and, and it was like, okay, there was the closing ceremonies. Thanks everyone. I was can, like, I, no! can I give you an addendum to your, if it's not on the calendar, it won't happen thing. Yes. If yes. it's not on the calendar, asterisk in the correct month, because it was on the calendar. It just was not in the correct place. You are correct, sir. You are correct. Uh, so yeah, so I apologize for interrupting, but I just well, I have not seen the closing ceremony, so I haven't had a chance to go back and watch. And I am devastated. I'm genuinely really upset. I was really looking forward to it. And by completely my own fault, I completely missed it. And I'm very sad. And I am sorry. Uh, so one of the, what we have learned, though, is for these closing ceremonies, that like we thought, oh, we do them on the last day of the month. I don't mm-hmm. think it works that way. I think it needs to be like the 1st of October or something like that. Yeah, it's like yeah, actually yeah. when we close the campaign and, and do a, a thing with it. And also like kind of like the first podcast-a-thon is like learning what we'll do during the stream. And so like mm-hmm. we had uh, our wonderful, one of our wonderful Discord mods, Matt Van Orma, did like a fantastic sub-campaign where he was just 
he was creating computer horrors for power tools, like cutting <laughs> things in half. Yes. He had a flower power iMac G3, which he destroyed with a sledgehammer. And he like mm-hmm. it, that was like part that was like the end of his sub campaign. So we yep, yep, asked yep. if he would come onto the closing ceremonies and do it, and it was just like it was brilliant. So you know, like we're just kind of thinking about how we expand that out maybe in the future as like just like a mini event uh, that we can do, like not of podcastathon scale, but yeah, more totally. than like hey, we're gonna play a game for an hour. Like we also played a bunch of games, and I think it might be that like. Maybe we bring some friends in, play, you know, like just just do a couple of hours or whatever uh, to, as a way to kind of wrap it all up, announce the final total, convey, mm. and then close the campaign. So, which this time we announced the number and then it changed by like 120 <laughs> grand or something. Uh, Oops, and that was like, you know, because we had a, like a bunch of rush at the end, right? So people were trying to get their things in before the end. Uh, sure. John Gruber posted on Daring Fireball about it, which I think pushed a bunch of people. Uh, we ended up having some large uh, gifts come through that we hadn't yet been able to allocate towards the campaign. It's like a whole thing. So, but I genuinely I cannot believe the amount of money that we raised this year. You know, like it was at a certain point during the campaign, I was like, "This is going great," but clearly there is a, you know, we've got to consider the economy mm-hmm. uh, in. You know, most of the territories that we have the largest audience base in, there is a economic concern, which I actually think is greater than the economic concern that a lot of people had during COVID um, because people were employed like they are now, but like it wasn't the cost of everyday things that was the concern. It was like, well, I have a job, but everyone kept their jobs and the price of things remained the same. And then because people were doing things less things outside they have more disposable income in a lot of cases right so it i don't think that that didn't really affect our fundraising at all but i think this is like a different this is a different situation where you know i was starting to worry like not worry but like i was starting to realize i think is a better phrase that you know this one might i was confident we'd hit our goal and our goal got us to two million i was confident we would do that but I, I kind of like gave up of the idea about halfway through the campaign. I think that we would exceed our goal, like exceed yeah. our previous total is what I meant to say, our previous total, yep, 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 which yep. we've done in the other years. Like we set a goal first year, we smashed it. Then the second year beat that one. Then the third year beat that one. And then well, I was hoping we would do it again, but always thought there's got to be a place where it stops, right? There's only so yeah. much money that we can raise, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I did not think that we would exceed past that goal, but we did. Um, and so, you know, like we did like 701 or 702 last year, and we've done 706 this year. So pretty incredible. It was only in the last, I think, week or so that I'm looking at the total and knowing that it was 700 and change last year, and I'm starting to say, uh-oh. Uh, not that it's a problem if you don't best last year. It's but, not you know, a problem. You always, but you always also, want to. You want to, right? Like, and, and I feel this like there's so much resource that goes into this that I feel like I I I really want to be able to for everyone to do a good job to make it worth it, right? So, but everyone at St Jude would say to me that any any money is worth it, but you know how yeah. these things go. No, I totally get you, and so I always get a little. 
again, nervous is a bit dramatic, but I was getting a little nervous, you know, on, on behalf of you guys, knowing that, that I'm sure that you wanted to do more than last year. And, and yeah, and then all of a sudden <laughs> at the, over the weekend, it was like, oh, well, that's not going to be a problem anymore, uh, which is excellent. It's a little, a little late and a little nerve wracking, but it's excellent. And, and uh, as much as, as much as I kind of want to talk to you about the other bits of, of the, of the campaign, and I'd like to interrogate you about the podcast-a-thon in a moment, um, it is incredible that in two years, you've raised, just the last two years, you've raised nearly one and a half million dollars, right? I mean, do I have We've that math raised. right? It's, it, 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 was, it was close to a million and a half over two years, and, and over two million in the, in the last four. Like, that is just incredible pace and such an incredible achievement that you and Steven in particular, I think, should be ex- especially proud of, and all the folks at Allsack, who I know you speak so highly of, but... As you said earlier, you know, it's the it's the broader relay community. Like anyone who donated even a dollar gets ownership over the 700,000 to some degree, right? And and that's such an incredible thing. And I don't know, I I just really find it fun and it's a really it's a really good way to I don't know, kind of rejuvenate me as we're entering a time of year that even though I love the fall, like the weather's getting going from too hot to too cold and I love the fall cuz it's that in between but nevertheless, you know, especially in my personal life, like a lot of things are ramping up. It's Declan's birthday. It's Thanksgiving. It's Christmas. It's, it's Michaela's birthday. Like all of these things are all happening back to back to back. And fall, as much as I love fall and it is my favorite, also kind of stresses me out a lot. And to have this, to have this where we all come together and do something just straight up kind uh, for, for people that we don't even know is such an incredibly wonderful feeling. And as much as Marco particularly jokes about like offsetting the fact that, you, that a lot of us buy these frivolous phones every year, that actually does kind of make me feel pretty good too. That, you know, not only have I spent money on myself, but I've spent money on, on again, kids that I don't even know. And I don't know, it's just, it's something I'm really proud of. And I've taken some modicum of ownership over whether that's fair or not. And I think that everyone can and should do that too, because this is all of us. And it's just, it's cool. And it really makes me happy. All right, let's take a break and then we can talk a little bit more about the podcast-a-thon if you would like yes, to. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. This episode of Analog is brought to you by Fitbod. Between the need to balance work and family life, along with just about every other responsibility you have, making fitness a priority can be difficult. One of the ways to make it easy is to find a fitness program that works with you and not against you. You want something that feels like a teammate, not a combatant. That's why you need Fitbod. FitBod's algorithm will learn about you, your training needs, your goals, and your training ability, and then will craft a personalized exercise plan unique to you. Their app then will make it incredibly easy to show you new exercises and show you how to perform them. They have these really great HD video tutorials. They're shot from multiple angles to make sure that you're in the right positions and all that kind of stuff. You're really going to find it simple to learn every exercise. What FitBod does is it uses the data from your workouts to create and adjust a dynamic fitness plan for you going forward. You have instant access to everything in your own, uh, your personalized routine, which is in their awesome app. So you're able to make your goals, the progress on your goals from just about anywhere that you want. Everybody has their own fitness path. It's not about competing with people. You don't want to try and stack up against them. This is why FitBod will do all this work to make sure that yours is customized to suit you. Whether you work out twice a day or twice a week, FitBod will learn from your workouts so that your next will be even better. It will also track your muscle recovery so your plan is balanced so you're not going to overwork anything and this will keep like the ability to have injuries down or that kind of stuff. They really think about all of this stuff. It's really cool. It's not just like here are, the, here are 10 exercises, do them every day. 
Like you're going to get different exercises and they're going to give different ones to you every single time to make sure that you're on top form. Personalized training of this quality can be expensive. Fitbod, though, it's just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year, but you're able to get 25%, 25% of your membership if you sign up at fitbod.me slash analog. So go now and get your customized fitness plan at fitbod.me slash analog. One last time, fitbod, F-I-T-B-O-D dot me slash analog for 25% off your membership. Well, thanks to Fitbod for their support of this show and Relay FM. You know, before we go back to the podcast-a-thon, um, Matt, in the, the aforementioned Matt in the chat, uh, Matt put in the a chat. quote. Matt in the chat put in a quote from himself, which he attributed, you know, he said, quoting myself, and this is a really great summary. It always feels good to do good, but there's something special about doing so with such a generous and engaged community of nerds rallying together behind the great cause, which I think is 100% accurate. I also, in, in, in reading that, it made me feel like, in a way, the podcast-a-thon and, and, the, and the campaign broadly feels almost like a sporting event where you are 100%, well, maybe not 100%, but you are largely in control of the outcome. And we as a collective are 100% in control of the outcome. And we can, as a collective, choose to hit the goal. Now, granted, I personally can't get us there. You personally can't get Mm -hmm. us there, Mike. But collectively, our sports team, if you will, can reach that goal. We just have to decide to. And having a goal that is that is somewhat aspirational, but yet achievable is super fun. And like Matt said, you know, watching all these really kind nerds come together and be nerds for a good cause and stop yelling at each other for being nerds in the wrong way or liking the wrong thing and just getting together to do something fun. I just, I, I love it. And, and to do something fun, I mean, what's more fun than the podcast-a-thon? I mean, come on. Podcast-a-thon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is something special about it being something which focuses the community's efforts, right? Yep. Like there's something that is very sweet about that to me. Um, It makes me, it makes me very happy that we're able to do this and And you got to do it and you got to do it in person this year. Yeah. Which, oh man, was that a long time coming, especially for you? I'm quite sure. It felt very good. Uh, like we we were planning out for a while how we were gonna do the like the beginning of the podcastathon. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a discussion for a while. Like we we were considering doing like a like a fake out. No, no. <laughs> and we kind of did a version of it, but it wasn't to the same level. Like we were considering like me shooting something at home and like oh, doing no. a split screen, and then I walked yeah, yeah, through yeah, the yeah. split screen. That would have been clever, but it, it would have I would been have really been good. But we realized confused. it would have been really difficult to pull it off. Yeah, and like I wouldn't have been able to post anything for like a week, the week before, because I was also going to be in uh, Memphis for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so it ended up being a thing where we were like, no, we're just gonna, we're just gonna like do a big grand entrance for me, which I ended up liking the idea of more, like that I would get this big entrance. Um, Mm. And we did like a very small version of this, like when the podcast starts, like Stephen makes reference to the fact that I missed WWDC and he's like, ah, no, he's here. And then we played Pomp and Circumstance and there was confetti cannons and Mm -hmm. they they actually had an actual red carpet for me, which I'm not sure came (laughs) through. And then I cried because I'm a big baby. I know that's that's totally a <laughs> lot. Like, well, that wasn't in, that wasn't intended, but I just started crying. So you know, that's just how I go. Then I, I got totally to spin the wheel to. and the chaos 
began. Yeah, there was a lot of chaos and a lot of wheel spinning. And, and I, you know, I didn't watch every single minute of the podcast line, but I must have watched 80 to 90% of it. And and it is it, it is such a fun thing. And it's fun watching you two find your rhythm because when it when it starts, everyone's nervous. Nobody's really know nobody really knows how it's gonna go. And very, very quickly, you know, the two of you find a rhythm and really start to 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 have fun and settle in in, in the best possible way. And I don't know, I just really enjoy it. And and I think it's also fun kind of trying to figure out like when you two can accomplish any of the things you want to accomplish, like, I don't know, using the restroom or eating and then thinking of all the things that you're doing live on camera to probably thousands of people. Like you could not pay me enough to hula hoop live on camera. Mm -mm. I'd put on a onesie. Sure. I discovered the day before the podcast that I could do that. Like I just picked one up and tried it, and I was like, "Oh wow, I'm I can actually do this." So this that works. Was, that was a fun thing for me. I kind of now wished that I hadn't done that because right. then I could have discovered it live with everybody. That's true. That's that true. I That's was true. able to do the hula hooping, but during uh-huh. our like eight to nine hour rehearsal slash setup the day before, uh, which was a wild thing to do the day before an eight hour stream. Uh, but it ended up being very useful. It always is. It's tiring, but it's incredibly helpful and useful. Mm-hmm. To, like understand the space that we're in, understand the technology, move it around. We had some weird like technical errors, um, which there's a whole big story for that I'm not going to go into. If you're a Relay FM member, you listen to the most recent episode of Backstage in the crossover feed. There's like a whole thing that happened, but it was not a big thing, but it's just too much of a story to get into. But proves why it's great to have the time to do the whole like testing of things out and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But this podcast-a-thon, it was a breeze like for me compared to the previous three. Having an entire staff of people yeah. there to help yeah. you. The first one was like exhausting because mm-hmm. we did not know how to program like, like programming, like schedule, something right, like right, right. that. Like we just didn't know how to do it. And it was at six hours as well. It wasn't eight hours like we do now. Mm-hmm. And we did not have an idea of what it meant to present constantly for that period of time. Where now we have like more pre-recorded segments. We have segments that's a, that are breaks for one of us or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think in the first podcast I on, I was on camera for like three hours like just from the beginning, right? And then realized, but I I, I just didn't really know what I was dealing with. And and also like, you know, I can stream for three hours, no problem. Like I can podcast for three hours, no problem. But there's like a different pressure with the presenting. Because like, oh yeah, we we have an AirPod in our ears, which is the control room. And like, Mm -hmm. we have like Jill in the control room who is giving us instructions. It's like, it is really like sensory overload. Because like all these things are happening, you've got to keep. You got you can't like let there be quiet. Like no dead air. You got to keep and just you know you got to keep the whole thing going the whole time. And there's like so many potential things that can happen at any one moment. Uh, it turns it into like a. It's quite exhausting, but it's great. Yeah, as Matt said, it's bright lights uh, in our faces. There's cameras. We're gonna make sure looking at the right camera, which I cannot get used to. <laughs> looking into the right camera like the the camera guys were really making fun of me and steven because of that like they would like basically stand behind their camera and like wave both arms in the air at some <laughs> points of like you know you're supposed to be looking here over here dummy 
the crew there is incredible. Like that we get, and also this year we had like a we had a roving camera, which was awesome. Mm, mm, so like mm. we there are like two large fixed cameras, and then we had right. someone with a roving camera who could like follow us around and like could get up inside of something if we needed. Like it was so good. It was just I genuinely cannot wait for the next one. Like it was awesome. The podcast yeah. I've done was an absolute success this time. We raised the most money we've ever raised during one of those events. We had more people watching than we've ever had. Uh, yeah, I loved it, man. That's so awesome. How did the Allsec folks and the, you know, the St. Jude folks, how did they feel about it when it was all said and done? The podcast-a-thon or like the whole thing? Mm, the, well, yes. I was talking about the podcast-a-thon, but yes. Uh, I mean, obviously they were like, they were thrilled. They loved it. Uh, the podcast-a-thon. We have yet to have our uh, post-meeting. like meeting. I think it's mm, happening mm-hmm, on Friday. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they had some other stuff going on at Allsec and then we were traveling and now we've only just finished. So we'll be having our like, all right, what was good? What could be better kind of meeting? We're going to have that this week. And then I think that will be it until March when we start 2022. 23. Three. <laughs> I, I knew what you meant. Uh, no, it, I, I thought it was really fun. I liked, you know, the, the balance of having some old stuff like the wheel and new stuff. Like the Stephen touches things. I forget what you actually called the segment. Stephen touches but it things, was, yeah. Oh, was that is what it was called. Stephen okay. touches things is the, is the segment. And that was like, that was the big hit. Stephen touches things is the big hit. So I will be petitioning for more Stephen touches things. Touch it in, uh, yep. uh, in, in future podcast hunts. Yep. As Kate says in the chat, I hated it and it was great. <laughs> but this this was an example of a thing that only really could work with the two of us. Oh, absolutely. Right. So like me being able to be there and like egg him on, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it really, I, I don't, it was fun. That was like a lot of fun. That was an incredibly late addition. I think that was a segment we came up with the week before. I oh, think. wow. Yeah. And this just came out of the idea of like, I've always had to punish myself with these jelly beans or whatever, and mm-hmm. he's never had anything like that. Yep. Because Stephen yep. can't eat anything at all. <laughs> uh, and so this was, this was what we came, this was what I don't, it, this is one of those ideas that I don't remember where it came up, but it came up in one of our kind of like group Zoom sessions that we would have every week where people mm-hmm. like just throwing things around, like, what about this? What about that? What about this? Right, um, and we ended up coming up with with that one with Stephen touches things, and I think is going to be a mainstay for a little while. Yep, I, I loved it. Was there any part of the podcastathon that you favored more than the others? Like when you say like the others is in like it was was it Stephen touches things was your favorite? Oh, oh not not other podcast not other podcastathons, but within this one, which was your favorite segment or thing or whatever within this one podcastathon? Mm, I mean. Like my personal favorite thing was having a full balloon room, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that, that was something that I've wanted for forever. And the the gazebo we have here is just way too big. Like we'd have to, we'd have to like kind of game it a little bit in like changing the equation sure. of how much it costs for a balloon to go in. But like, that was like the perfect size and it was clear the whole way around. Like that was great. I, Greatly enjoyed uh, Alex Cox roasting my and Stephen's home screens. That was a lot of fun. 
Indeed. The Easy Bake Oven started fun and got stressful in a way that I didn't <laughs> enjoy. And then I burnt myself a little bit on it whilst talking to John Syracuse. That part was fun, actually. Like the quick breakaway from talking to John to go deal with the Easy Bake Oven to coming right, back right. to dealing with John was very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, when I talk to John, I get really mischievous. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but like I like to, I kind of like to just needle him a little bit. More it's than I do any of my other friends. It's he, kind of the he best. He takes it better than anyone else in the sense of like, he'll just answer the questions. It's just great. <laughs> it's great. Uh, uh, yeah, that, it was like, and also probably the, I think my absolute, like the, the segment with the most emotion in, in good and sad ways was we uh, had an interview of a couple, Joel and Lindsay, who were both patients who met mm-hmm. each other while they were patients. They got married yep, yep, yep. as adults. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they told their stories, which were, you know, always hard to hear their stories, but then to see them now and like now they're both working within like the St. Jude family and like that was super cool. And then they got like involved and in spinning the wheel, smashing yep, yep, the yep, yep, yep. PC and all that kind of stuff. Man, it was great. It was so good. Like it's long. It's available on YouTube, right? Like it's like eight hours. There is a pinned comment, I think. Somebody went through and timestamped the whole thing, which is incredible. So, like, if you want to just jump around to certain segments or whatever, it's there for you. No, that that's so awesome. And again, as as a participant, or not a participant, real. Well, I guess I did slightly participate, but as a viewer, is what I meant to say. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. It was always something new to watch and something new to check out. And and I don't know. I it's hard not to think about this. You know, these are my friends doing something that is genuinely difficult. Now, maybe it's not difficult like digging a trench, but it is genuinely difficult in its own way. And you're doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And to to watch you guys do this and go through it again, maybe a little dramatic, but nevertheless, go through it. It's just so wonderful and so rewarding for me anyway um, to, to watch you guys. And I know that like Adina and Mary are doing incredible work behind the scenes. All the all sack folk are doing incredible work behind the scenes. It, it's so cool to see all of that come together. And, and it just makes me so real, so really incredibly happy that all of us come together for a month of the year to try to, to try to do something nice for somebody else. And, and I don't think that any of us, myself very much included, spend enough time trying to do nice things for other people. And, I really do love that all these beautiful nerds can come together and do something nice for somebody else once a year. And yeah, that involves money, but it involves a lot of other things too. And it just, I, I don't know, it makes me incredibly happy. And, and I, I hope that, that you and Steven can find the energy to continue this. Uh, I keep threatening to both you and Steven. Uh, no one's going to stop us. I keep threatening to you and Steven. One of these days I'm going to drive my way that like somewhere between six and 12 hours over to Memphis and invite myself into the podcast-a-thon. I mean, that's going to happen at some point, right? That like, we're going to have, we're going to, I, I want it not to just be me and Steven there. Like that, mm-hmm. the, segments that we have of other hosts who bring in. We're going to work out how to make that work, right? Because, like, it's a lot to ask you to do all of that and be there for 15 minutes, right? So, like, <laughs> there's there's logistics and, like, different, like, a different way of doing the show, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, I mm-hmm. don't know what that is yet. We would have worked it out by now if it wasn't for COVID. Yeah, totally, totally. Right? Like I've said this, I think we may have done or may have been getting ready to do our first 24-hour stream if it wasn't for COVID. 
Oh, that's big. That's doings. my. That is my. Like I. That's what I want to do. Oh, I don't know when we're doings. gonna do this, but one day I want to do a twenty-four hour live stream. Oof. It was the original idea that me and Stephen had nearly ten years ago. Of like, what would it be like to do a twenty-four hour podcast on raising money for St. Jude? Like we were just gonna do it. But then over mm-hmm. time, we ended up like finding the right team within there, like making it a real partnership, not just like, <laughs> we have some money for you, you know. But I don't know if we'll ever do that. I don't know when we'll do that because it's like a whole different logistical thing. I believe, if mem- memory serves, that like the team were gearing up to do one of these for someone else at some point in this year, I think. So maybe mm-hmm. we can get some ideas from them and some like feedback from them as to whether they think it would be something we want we have like next year's the fifth one and we have some other plans that we're hopefully going to work on for that one which is not that i mean i reckon we're years away from 24 hours because i do think i might be the only person that actually really wants to do that (laughs) so (laughs) it might take a little bit of uh persuading of everybody if that's the thing we're gonna do but you know, there's a lot of other places we can go to. And of course, one of those is having more uh, hosts there. Like we had our first small in-studio audience this time. I have had that before. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are, these are things that we would like to do, but who knows when we'll be able to do any of them. Yeah, I mean, that uh, 24 hours, that is a big ask. You know, mm-hmm. even if you have a, a rotating panel of relay hosts that are hosting the podcastathon mm-hmm. but that is a big ask oh no it's if it's gonna be 24 hours me and steven need to be there right like oh. Oh. The, the not like on camera the whole time but we sure. need to be like hosting it percentage wise that we do now i feel like otherwise there's no point doing the 24 hours Yikes. Uh, real-time follow-up, 12 hours, 45 minutes, town to town, from where I am to where St. Jude is, uh, by car. So it is a long trek, but I will do it. I will do it for the children. And you know what I should do is if I do this long trek, I should do some sort of, like, I don't know, fundraising or vlogging or something. And if I wanted to do that, I should probably get a special bespoke domain name for it, shouldn't I? Well, I did wonder where you were going with that. <laughs> we don't have a vlog sponsor. No, 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 not not yet. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Hover, one of Relay FM's longest running sponsors. Casey, I was doing some accounting this morning. Adina was we and Adina were going through some spreadsheets. The amount of money I spend at Hover every month for renewals, it's quite a lot of money. <laughs> not not a good look or maybe a great look, depending on how you think of it. Well, you know, I, I was what I'll say is I was I'll say I was surprised about that, to be honest. And that is because I love Hover. I love their services. I love how easy it is to use. And really, because I am much of the opinion that if you have an idea, if you have a business that you want to start, if you have a new project that you're looking to get going, it starts with a domain name. And Hover is that first big leap. They have over 300 domain name extensions that you can choose from. No matter what it is that you want to build, there's a domain name waiting for it. And Hover has excellent technical support to answer any questions you may have. They are dedicated to making sure that you get online, not upselling you. Hover has free who is privacy so that bad guys don't get your info. They have a really great experience from a UI, UX perspective. And they make it very simple to do the integrations that you need to get in to manage the domains and that kind of stuff, which I really appreciate. And monthly sales on popular top-level domains. So go and check this out for yourself. Buy your domain name and start using it today. 
Go to hover.com slash analog and you will get a 10% discount on all new purchases. That is hover.com slash analog. Make a name for yourself with Hover. Our thanks to Hover for their support of this show and Relay FM. Is it finally time? Can we finally talk about this? I'm so Depends excited. what it is. I'm so excited. You and Adina went to a college football game. Go Tigers! All right. I am so excited to talk Go about Tigers. this. Go I, I was overjoyed. With the, uh, what was it, Upgrade Plus that you and Jason mm-hmm. spoke about this. You had many factual errors, which I am okay with. I don't, I'm don't. i not even here to litigate them. It's fine. Um, about you, right? The factual about errors me, about Casey? Me, okay. me and me and or my particular allegiances and affiliations and or my tailgate. It's fine. It doesn't matter. I was I was excited that you were, that I was even on your minds, but that doesn't matter. I am super excited. So I bring up the Upgrade Plus thing. You should listen to that if you can. It was a really great discussion. But I have been super excited to talk to you about this. I have barely spoken to you about this in 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 waiting for this very moment. You and Adina went and saw a Memphis Tigers college football game. Mm-hmm. Tell me, was it not the best experience you've ever had in your life? Leaving, oh, I'll accept maybe the podcast of <laughs> and getting married. Other than those two things. Uh, let's not go that far, <laughs> right? Because that's, that's quite a claim. We had a fantastic time. I loved it. I was looking forward to it anyway. Because, uh, like, you know, last time we were there in March, we went to go and see the NBA team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that. But I was really looking forward to going to see my very first American football game. I've, I'd seen ah, basketball yes. mm-hmm. before. I'd never mm-hmm. seen American football played. Mm-hmm. And I was I was actually very excited about it. I'd also, as you rightly point, never done any college sport. So I was looking forward to seeing it. And we had great seats. It was like, I think it was the first, yeah, it was the first home game of the season. Oh, that's also special. Mm-hmm. So that was actually pretty great. And the, it was like very uh, like packed. Um, and they had a really cool open air stadium that I really liked. Just like the look of, like I'd never seen a sport in that kind of environment before. I Yeah, I thought it was great, man. I had a wonderful time. Wonderful time. How was the weather? Was the weather at least passable? Oh, it was lovely. It was a great weather day. It wasn't too hot. It was hot when we were going in. Mm, fair enough. Uh, Wait, is this... Is it Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium? Is that correct? Does that sound right? Um, I don't know if this is right. I, I it will be, I think. Or if it, so, there's a there's a bank that's put a bunch of money into the Liberty Bowl, which is the actual name. Okay. And okay. The Liberty Bowl is going to be uh, heavily um, renovated. I so they they're putting like if you look at the images you can see they're putting like this glass in all on the side and building like new concessions and all that kind of uh-huh, stuff. Uh-huh. This is much bigger than I thought it was. It's Holy huge. Jamales. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Um, and I think it's like yeah, f- it can fit sixty five thousand. That was the highest crowd they ever had, which is in ninety six. Um, but it wasn't full, but it was over half full. Easy. Uh, it mm-hmm. was really great. I loved it. Now, did you tailgate beforehand in any capacity? No. Uh, we ziplined beforehand. Uh, are you being serious? Or are you yeah, being we, went zipline. we went ziplining <laughs> okay. to, uh, that day. Uh, and then we went and hang out for a bit and then went to the game. But we got there like at a time. I could, I could see people doing uh, the tailgating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I saw what that looked like. I understand what people are, are doing. I just don't, I don't get it the same. It's really not for for me that kind of idea. Uh, I don't think. knock it till you try it, but tell me yeah, why. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, but you know, 
it seems like there's a less like a heavy amount of alcohol consumed, which is I don't that just don't really derive a lot of pleasure from that. And I'm sure that's not the case always. I actually consider that's probably not the case with you. Um, but but what I could see, that's what it looked like. That is fair. I think your average tailgate. Uh, especially for stadiums where you are not allowed to re-enter, um, which is most of the ones that I've ever been to. Uh, it used to be years and years ago that you could go in, you could watch the first half, leave during halftime, go continue to get drunk or you know get your buzz back and then come back in and watch the rest of the game. Uh. That hasn't been the case. That hasn't been the case in any of the stadiums I've been to in years and years and years. Um, so that means that if you're interested in having a good buzz for the entirety of the game, that means you've got to get yourself kind of properly drunk before you enter the game for this three-hour marathon <laughs> that, that you're sitting there watching the game. I'm not saying that's the way to do it. I'm just saying I, that is why, or that is a reason why you might see a lot of that happening. That being said, it's all what you make of it, right? And 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 some people, yeah, they go to get blitzed and that's that. Other people just want to go and hang out, in, especially in nice weather, um, and especially, you know, around this time of year, hang out, have some food, me, you know, t- listen to music, talk to your friends you don't c- get to see very often, then go in and watch some football. And that's the part of it that I love is going. I, I love the challenge of of c- constructing some sort of foodstuffs in the middle of a field or in the middle of a parking lot. Um, we're very lucky. So uh, Aaron and I got season tickets with a dear friend of ours now, but he, you know, Aaron knew him in college before Aaron and I even met. And um, and his name is Brian, and Brian has really incredible a really incredible parking spot which means he has a really incredible tailgating spot he's donated enough to the university um, and this is the university of virginia where aaron is an alum where brian is an alum i did not go to uva i went to virginia tech they're big rivals this is one of the things that jason got a little backwards which aaron was cackling about uh because it was very funny for her to think that i went to you know my big rival school which is where she went but anyways um Brian has donated enough money that we have a really great tailgating spot where we don't have to tailgate in the parking lot. There's actually a little field in front of um, in front of one of the buildings that's adjacent to his parking spot, and that's where we tailgate. And so we're in, you know, we're in a little field. We've got some tree cover. There's places for the kids to run around, and we have music. And Brian eventually, after like the second or third year of tailgating, bought a generator so we can bring a TV if we would like. Um, we, we typically will grill something. And you know, we'll have a football game on the TV while we're listening to music, while we're grilling. So do you do this every weekend? Every every weekend there's a home game we try to. And do the kids come? Generally speaking, yes. And you all go to the game together? Yes, although typically by halftime, the kids are pretty much tapped out, which is fine. So you'd leave, go home? Mm-hmm. Generally speaking. The idea, you go to every game that's at home? Uh, uh, well, we try. Now, last year, I think we went to literally one, and that was 2021. Uh, the year before, I don't think fans were allowed at all. And then this year, I, I think we're going to everyone except the two that are this month, coincidentally, because we, we're going out of town this coming weekend uh-huh. as we record this. And then the the next home game is on Declan's actual birthday. And we said to him, hey, you know, yeah. if you want to go, we can. But if you don't want to, that's totally OK. And he said, yeah, no, thanks. So, <laughs> ah, uh, so we're which is totally <laughs> fine. So, so we're missing the October games. But, you know, we I believe we went to all the September games. Uh, I believe there might have even been an August game that we went to. And I think there's a run of like three in a row in November that as far as I know, we're planning on going to. Um, so, yeah, we try as often as we can, because if you think about it, it's just the it's just the fall. Really, it's like late summer and fall. You get something like six home games. And then that's it. And then there's nothing again until, well, in terms of football anyway, there's nothing again until next year. And 
and we really enjoy it. I don't know. All four of us have come to really love it. And football as a sport to watch, I could make a fairly passionate argument. It's not a great sport to watch. I love it, but it's probably not the best sport to watch. It's certainly not the best sport to really throw your encouragement behind because there's a lot of health-related problems that we are just kind of kind of sweep under the rug. Um, but nevertheless, I just love the whole experience of going to a college football game. And one of the things I love about college football or college sports at all is that when you're a fan of it's the it's the Memphis Grizzlies basketball team, I believe. I don't follow the NBA. Basketball um, is the Grizzlies. Okay, Tigers is the college football. They don't have an okay. NFL team. Right. So if you follow the Grizzlies, the basketball team, you probably follow them because you live in or around Memphis. Not, you know, have to, but that's likely the case. Uh, Grizz are on the rise, man. But yes. Well, fair. But you, you got my point. Yep. Whereas your average, not everyone, but your average college football fan is probably an alumni of that university. Yes. And so there's there's a bit of, again, like I was saying with St. Jude, like it's not ownership, but it's kind of sort of ownership that you don't get with a professional team. Because with a professional team is, do you live nearby? Yes, no. Where, whereas with a college sports team, like not that there's gatekeepers or anything, but your average fan will have spent four plus years of their life at that university. And so there's some ownership to it that I think is just really delightful and makes the whole experience really, really super fun. And plus, again, for Aaron and for Brian and for many of our friends, they're going back to their alma mater. They're going back to the place that they spent four years of their life and getting to see it change over time and getting to see the, you know, what's new about it and, and getting to relive those glory days, if you will, ever so briefly for you know a few Saturday mornings or afternoons. And I just, it's super, it, I love it. I love everything about it. I love the dweeby challenge of how can I get a TV signal in the middle of a field? I love the, you know, even though I barely participate in the cooking part, I love the idea of, mm. okay, how can we cook chicken wings or burgers or something even more fancy in the middle of a tailgate? Like uh, another friend of ours that tailgates with us, uh, different Brian, <laughs> same name, different person. Uh, he'll do like a, a shrimp boil one day where he'll bring a big pot and a bunch of water and like a, a, you know, a stove to cook it on and he'll do this whole big like seafood boil one time. And I think we're missing it actually. I'm very sad about it. And we'll do this in the middle of a field, like just doing all of that. I just think it's so fun. And I would encourage you sometime, some way, somehow to experience a tailgate, be it with Steven or even better, selfishly speaking with me. Uh, I, I think it's super fun and it doesn't, I understand why you say it. It seems like it's all about drinking because especially when you're younger, it kind of is. But as you get older and tired and boring, it can be about just hanging out and having good food. Mm, yeah, this is a thing that, like, experiencing it that way, I feel like I would go to these games every week if I was in, if I lived in Memphis. Like, I get yeah, yeah. why people do it. Like, I feel like I would do it. Um, like, I enjoyed it a lot. And I got really into the game. It's strange to me how in my older, in my advancing years and becoming more of a sports <laughs> fan. Wild, right? Very weird. <laughs> very yeah, weird yeah. to me. that Like, I enjoy live sports and i like more and more it's very strange it's netflix's fault it is netflix's fault i'd like to pull on that thread ever so slightly did you enjoy like the the game of american football because again i love it but i can see that coming to it cold and not that you're not aware of it but you know what i mean i'm not cold. i've i know i know how the game's played like i've i used to watch the super bowl every year like i have a basic idea of the game there's still some parts that like i don't fully understand but like mm -hmm. no i mm -hmm. would just get used to over time sure just kind of like the idea of like when and how the ball 
like the, the changes going from one direction to the other like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like how exactly does somebody take possession of the ball and and what happens when they do like I, I can't and they still haven't fully gotten ahead of like how the count between one, two, three, and four is for each down because sometimes it yeah, seems yeah. like it just goes backwards and forwards in a, in a way <laughs> that I can't fully understand. But kind I know of. I yeah. would. I know I would get it. I here's the thing. I know I have understood it, but I've forgotten it because sure, like I learned. I learned how it was played over watching the Super Bowl for a few years because like I really like paid attention to it. Uh, but then. Like just because I wanted to understand the game before I went and watched this thing at three o'clock in the morning with some friends, which was fantastic. So like I, I like fully understood it. I watched a bunch of YouTube videos, but then because I didn't like fully internalize it, it just went away. But like I keep a bit of it. Like I understand a little bit of how it works, but not fully. Like and I kind of don't need it. But and I enjoyed the action. My issue is the gaps. Yep. Right. Like I the the sports that I grew up with. And the sport that I care most about doesn't have this. In fact, not many sports have this. I think American football is the biggest offender of this. Of like, there is really intense action for a couple of minutes at most, and then mm-hmm. it will stop for an indeterminate amount of time. Yeah, yeah. And this is what makes it very painful to watch. But what I'll say is I, I was... F- like, blow- we would, me and Adina were talking about this. We were blown away by like when you're in the stadium... They are constantly keeping you engaged with other things that they've got going on. Did I? Did you know I caught a T-shirt from a T-shirt cannon? Yes, you did. Yeah. What you mentioned that on something? Maybe it was an upgrade. upgrade. It you, was an upgrade. Okay. Yeah, I caught the T-shirt. I sort of like I reached up and it hit my hand and landed down and I was able to grab it. That's so awesome. But like of all the things that happened to me, it was very funny. Uh, and you know, but like they're doing things that like keep you engaged while whatever is happening is happening, but. It's a bit too stop-start for me. Yeah, I totally understand that. The amount of time it takes to do like one hour of actual game time is is madness to me. No, you're totally right. I I used to be a big NFL fan, and my and my team was New York Giants. Um, I've probably spoken about this before, but my mom's dad, my granddad, had been a Giants fan since like the franchise was new or something like that. So anyway, I was a big Giants fan, and in the aughts, they they won two Super Bowls. And because I'm a nerd and a pack rat, I decided to, I believe I bought the, like, only the play recordings uh, from iTunes. So they compress the entirety of the Super Bowl down to just the action. Yeah. And each of these videos from their two wins, I think was like an hour, hour and a half each, even though the Super Bowl is like four freaking hours long or something like that. Is the Super Bowl a longer game? Or like, is the NFL longer? Because as far as I was keeping track, I thought it was like four 15-minute quarters. Yes, yeah. yeah, And that's why the NFL So is. how could it be an hour and a half? Well, because remember that there's TV timeouts. So I don't know how much Memphis does this. I presume this happens at Memphis plenty. But uh, uh, sometimes what you'll do is you'll see a, a person in like a fully red outfit walk just a couple of yards onto the field, and they have a headset on, and they're just standing there on the field. And it took me a while to realize what this means when I was back at Virginia Tech and watching football games for the first time. Um, This is what they call a TV timeout. And this is because the TV gods have decided, oh, we need a commercial break. And so they have a representative on the field that will walk out on the field and say, nope, you're not playing football until me, the king, has left. I don't understand how there could be 90 minutes of plays. Well, and so... uh, 
Oh, I, I misunderstood your point. I'm sorry. I totally misunderstood your yeah. point. Maybe it was only an hour, but I think part of it is they had a little bit of context around okay. the play. You know yeah, what I mean? That's what I, I was confused about. Like, And I wondered if maybe the Super Bowl was like they played a longer game because it's so important. Or something. No, no, no. Sorry. You, your, your, your question was completely fair. I totally missed it, but I'm with okay. you now. And yeah, and I think it was just like a little bit of context and stuff like that. Uh, but anyway, I, I just, I'm so excited that you got to go uh, and whether as long as you didn't absolutely hate the experience, I think I would have been it. happy. But the fact that the, you guys and I presume Adina mostly felt the same way. Oh, yeah, we we had a great time. Never not funny to me that it's called football, though. Never not funny that you're right. right. You're 100% I don't correct. understand how that happened. Like, I cannot fathom how this was called how it was called football. Like, I don't I don't I just don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I agree with you. And you are completely right. But no, I'm just so glad that you got that you got to go, that you got to experience it, and then that you that you had fun. Like that makes me so happy. And and that's the thing is, you know, imagine if if you're a listener that you have this tradition that kind of forces you, and that sounds negative, but kind of forces you to go outdoors and hang out with your friends once every week or two during the fall. When especially if you live somewhere like Memphis or or Richmond, the the weather has finally broken and gone from awful and sticky and sweaty to actually quite pleasurable. And then you get to hang out every weekend for a few weekends and ease your way into crummy winter by having some great time outdoors with your friends, eating good food and hanging out. It's just, it's fun. And I love it so much. This episode is brought to you by trade coffee. Every day is precious and we should make the most of all of them. Every day should not start with mediocre grocery store coffee. You deserve to start your day with the best coffee you can make at home from Trade Coffee. That was me this morning. I made coffee this morning. Me and Adina trade it off. And being able to like, you know, put the put my beans in, do the whole grinding, do the espresso thing, and then just sit down and like taste that coffee. Oh man, that starts me off right every day. And Trade Coffee is the place to go. Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before. They partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the U.S. directly to your home on your preferred schedule. Your trade experience can be as simple or sophisticated as you want. If you know what you're looking for, you already know your tastes, you already know what you want, you can select from curated collection by roast, flavor profile, brewing method, and more. Their team of experts do all of the work so you don't have to. Taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. Or if you want something curated just for you, take a minute and complete Trade's Coffee Questionnaire. You'll be expertly matched with your perfect coffee and a fresh bag of beans will be on its way. Or if you want to start your day the mic way... Do you like that, Casey? <laughs> Very up. good. Start your Very day the mic way and go and check out my custom collection that Trade Coffee worked with me on. They kind of, you know, I've been getting stuff from them. They know what my flavor profiles are like. So they've created a collection based on that. So this is what I would be getting from Trade as a subscriber. And so you can get it too. There is some incredibly good stuff in here. I want you to experience this for yourself. But if for any reason you think, I oh, know I don't want to do that. I don't want to start my day the mic way. Trade has got whatever it is you want. You can shop them as popular coffees by roast or flavor profile or take their awesome quiz to get expertly matched with coffees that you will love yourself. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best coffee delivered fresh just when you need it. And you've got nothing to lose because Trade guarantees you're going to love your first bag because if for any reason you don't, they'll work with you to replace it for free. So 
If you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering listeners of this show a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash analog. That's drinktrade.com slash analog for $30 off your, off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. Our thanks to Trade Coffee for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so I have to pivot a little bit and, and take us down a notch. And I'm sorry for that, but I think it's important and worth recognizing. Uh, there were some things that were happening while you were in America that I think everyone knew was coming at some point, but didn't know when. And, uh, and the queen passed away. Mm-hmm. Was it right before or when you were here? I think if my memory serves, she died the day before we left. Oh. Yes, it was the day before we left. I'm sorry. What I'll say is, just to start this conversation, if you are the type of person that does not appreciate the monarchy of the United Kingdom, like, and that you are against that, I recommend you skip the chapter because I'm not in that camp. And, (laughs) you know, we spoke about these kinds of things on the show before. Um, And so, you know, I'm just, this is, this is a content warning for those of you that, (laughs) because I think, that the monarchy of Great Britain is a fantastic thing that we have. I think it is an asset for us on a global stage. Uh, I think that it that our royal family generates pretty much the entire sense of people wanting to visit our country stems from that. So much of our tourism is focused around the fact that we have this thing that pretty much nowhere in the world has to the degree that we have it with like this lineage of a royal family been around for so long and is so baked into the kind of culture and is still considered an important part of the country even though not from a political standpoint right or from like an Mm -hmm. active ruling standpoint but like we have this figurehead um and so yeah i was i was devastated so you know, like the way that this kind of happened for us is just all of a sudden in the middle of the afternoon, there was a statement from Buckingham Palace saying that the Queen was ill um, and that the family was coming to visit. Now, I've simplified that, but just to kind of give a bit of context, it has been very clear to us for a long time that the Queen was declining in health. Mm-hmm. Uh, This was made abundantly clear during the Jubilee. So it was the Platinum Jubilee. I think it was Platinum. It was the one that we had, I think it was last year or was this year time? I don't even know. But we just had a Jubilee, right? It was this year. We had a third of Jubilee. And which is like 70 years of reigning um, for Queen Elizabeth II. Mm -hmm. And so there is a lot of like celebration for her but she only showed up for some of it. Mm. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. you could see that she was declining in health anyway, but this really made that abundant. But during all of this, it was always kept as a positive, as like in the sense of like, she's resting, you know, this is like a lot. So, you know, it it was never really focused on her being ill. Mm -hmm. So when they announced that she was that like, and it was like doctor's orders kind of thing. Everyone's like, uh-oh. Yeah, and it yeah. later turned out that, I don't remember the exact timeline, but you know, then basically the, the, the television in the UK just like it became 
this is all we're showing. Television was suspended and they would, you know, people talking about the queen and watching the family come. And it turned out she was already dead. And the, oh. fa- the family was coming before they announced it. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, okay. so she died in the afternoon. Um, and the the news wasn't really announced until the evening. Uh, and, you know, the idea was the family all came down, but the belief is that she was she had already passed before most of the family had gotten there. But mm-hmm. they did, I think, the right thing, and the, all of the family should be there and have that moment together before literally everything changes. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'd say because, so. you know, they are... I mean, they are not a conventional family, but they are a family, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what's a conventional family? Well, really, we don't know what their family life is like, but they are a family and they care about each other. And I think that that was, I think it's felt pretty abundant in the way that things appeared to unfold and the, the, the speeches and, and statements made afterwards. But yeah, so then, you know, it just happened all of a sudden. They announced it. I... I have no shame in saying that I cried. Like, it, this was an incredibly heartbreaking thing for me. You know, like, Adina had mentioned it to me of, like, outside of, like, my family, you know, like, she's just this enduring presence in my yeah, life, for my entire life. Like, she's just there. And I think this is a... <laughs> I think this is a thing that a lot of people here have experienced um, over the last month or so, of this grief because Mm. she was just this present, like consistently present figure in a way that we don't otherwise have in our lives outside of the people that we care about. We're like, you're very aware of her always. And like that she has been around in a stable position always, you know? And it was just a very complex thing to deal with. And then I had my own set of strange emotions because I then left the country the next day. Right. And that was the next thing I was going to ask you about is, so you're, you're mourning, and I don't mean that to be flippant or, mm. or sarcastic, but you're mourning to some degree. I mean, it was, it was not, it was unavoidable. So like we were going to the airport and on our way through the train stations and stuff, it, there were no ads. So all of the screens were memorials. Mm. Mm-hmm. so there was this like picture of the late queen and like you know like queen elizabeth and like the date of year date of death right like years you know like year mm-hmm. of birth year of death uh and that was just everywhere like there was n- no ads and like it just felt weird to be out in the con- in like in or- and around things that day and then i left and it was weird and like then you know all of the processions started and the funeral and all of that kind of stuff and i had this weird like feeling of like i was letting the country down letting her down like it was weird i can't really describe it mm-hmm. but i felt like i was not doing my duty as a british person because I hmm. was not in the country right. participating in the morning. 
It, yeah, and our, your emotions are weird like that, right? Because mm. what, what, what are you, Mike, really supposed to do about any of this, right? But that doesn't mean you didn't feel that way. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you didn't feel like you were betraying her or something like that, which obviously you weren't. But, you know, it, it's a perfectly human reaction to feel that way. And I'm not surprised that you did. Mm. I don't know. If you were home, do you think you would have, I don't know, gone to any of the like uh, celebrations or parades or what have you? Do you think you or do you think you just would have had? Are you familiar with, quote, the Q? No, I have no idea what that means. So the queen was lying in wait at Westminster, not lying in wait. Is that the phrase? I thought the coffin was there and she was in it in Westminster mm-hmm. in like the um, Westminster Cathedral. Mm-hmm. And you could, as a citizen, get in lying in state. Thank you, Emma uh, and Sava in, in Discord. Not lying in wait, lying in state. And you could get in a line and you would be, join a procession to walk through the cathedral. So you could go mm-hmm. in there, you stand there for a moment and carry on. This line ended up being literally miles long, right? Like you could get in the line at certain points and wait for like 15 hours. You couldn't leave as such. Um, you couldn't have someone hold it for you. You get in the line and, and go. And there were like, you know, stories of celebrities in the line. Like the biggest one was David Beckham. David Beckham waited for like nine hours in the line. People weren't allowed to jump in. The only people that could were like media, if they were presenting for something there, or foreign dignitaries. Like Biden appeared at one point, but like on a platform above. So he could mm-hmm. like go in, pay his respects and live. This is bananas. I'm, I'm reading on Wikipedia. Two queues were formed to view the lying in state beginning 48 hours before Westminster Hall opened to the public. At its maximum extent, the main queue was approximately 10 miles long and had a waiting time of over 25 hours. Yeah. Holy jamolies. We had uh, some friends who did it and they, um, they, they waited for nine hours. And there was like, uh, it was actually, I will say, I can't believe how well all of this was handled like this is just one of those things where like the united kingdom is made for this like oh there's some logistics oh do not worry we have got it down and like the logistics were incredible also just like oh there's a queue we'll get in the queue and we'll be orderly because that is who we are right and like nothing better than a queue mike and this is like part of why it was hard for me is like oh there is an incredibly british thing happening right now and i'm not a part of it and like you know they had like a website that you could go to to see where the queue was beginning because obviously you had to travel to wherever the end of the queue is right you can't just like show up at the start because you walk 10 miles before you can join it right so there was a wait time and there was a persistent youtube live stream which you could then go back and watch the moment where you came in Oh, interesting. So okay. you could get that. You could clip that, and that that was your, like, I did your this. memento. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think if I could have joined the queue at, like, eight, nine hours or whatever, I probably would have done it. You think so? It feels like a thing where I would have no, I would have felt at the time of, like, I think I would regret that later. I totally understand that. If I had the opportunity to just spend a day, right? Just an eight, nine hours is a, a day. It's not, it's a long time, but it's not absurd. I could do that, you know? Mm-hmm. To have the opportunity to do that and miss that, I think I would have been uh, disappointed in, if I would not have done that. So 
you know, these are the things where like I miss, and then obviously the the funeral. I missed the funeral most of it because it was happening like in the middle of the night, right? Uh, we and I was able to turn it on when we were up in the morning, and like we could catch some of it, but not enough. And you know, I watched. I don't like the phrase for this, but like highlights. Uh, sure, sure, you know, sure. But you know what I'm trying to say. That That's not yep. a great word for it. But like uh, watched clips and stuff like that of the proceedings. And yeah, it was a weird time. And now we have a king, which is wild. <laughs> Casey, our, our national anthem is different now. Oh, oh my. I didn't right? even think about that. The words of our national anthem have changed. It is now God save the king. I'm very happy that he kept Charles, that he is King Charles. Um, are you familiar of why I said that, what that means? Yeah, because don't they usually take like some other name that's not their given name from birth or something like no, that? They had the opportunity to. Mm-hmm. Right? So like he has like four names. Um, and you know, people people just naturally assume that he would not take Charles, that he would take George, because King Charles II was the king who tried to uh to get rid of Parliament, which is the whole reason we have the separation of like church and state, like the, not church and state, but like the royalty and Parliament, uh-huh, is because uh-huh. of King Charles II. Oh, cool! So th- there was a thought that he would not take Charles because of the negative connotations of Charles. Mm-hmm. But I am really happy that he did because because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Right? That like just because you're Charles, you want to get rid of Parliament. Yeah, yeah. I agree with right? you. Right? And so like it, that that name can't be tainted forever. And it also just you know, it, it does ask the question of why did she call him Charles? Well, right. That's what right? like why did she do that? Uh so I kind of like that he has taken it now. And so now we're gonna have, I would hope, a good King Charles. And so far, like, I've been, uh, you know, I'm, I'm quite enthused about it. I have, you know, I, not to disgrace my king, but I, I had had this kind of, like, hope that they would jump it straight to William so we'd have, like, a full, like, young royal family, mm-hmm. right? Because we'd have, like, King William and Queen Consort Catherine, and we'd have, like, a whole selection of young princes and princesses, and it just would have been cute. But they didn't do that, and I understand why. At the same time, Charles has waited a very long time for this, <laughs> and say so. it is his birthright. And I'm really intrigued because, you know, he cannot be political anymore because he has been mm. very like pro environment, um, climate change, that kind of stuff. It's like been something that he has worked on for a long time. But I mean, come on, right? Like I know this is the thing. <laughs> like I know he's not allowed to be political, but. Well, he's the king, baby. Who's going to stop him? He's going to be like, you know, but like they have a lot of uh, closed door conversations of world leaders, right? Like that is a thing that the, yeah. the monarch of this country has the audience and the ear of world leaders. And so I believe where he will still be pushing the things that he cares about in these conversations. Sure. And totally. so, you know, like stuff like that. I'm like, okay, like. I'm really intrigued to see how he's going to do it and how it's going to be different. Um, and they started with the money because all the money's got to change. The stamps have got to change. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, everything eventually will change over. Some things will take a long time. Like, 
post boxes have E2R on them, which mm, is mm. like Elizabeth second, Elizabeth Regina second, right? Um, and which is like the Latin way of like Queen Elizabeth the mm, mm. uh, second. And so they say E2R on them. But I found out recently that they will only say C3R, which is his, once the post boxes actually have to be changed. So oh, there are some, I believe, post boxes that exist with Victoria on them. Oh, like, wow. That that's still a thing that exists. Or George, it might be King George. No, it's not Victoria, it's King George. This is like G, whatever R on them. I don't, mm. I'm sorry, I don't remember what, what number George was. I also found out, uh, what is it? What age? We're living, because we were in the Elizabethan age, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. British age, Charles. It's got like a weird Latin name. What is it called? Somebody help me. Ah, Carolian, says Emma in the chat. The Carolian age. It's not like the Charlesian age, because <laughs> they've gone back to the Latin one for that. I don't know why. Maybe because there already was a Charlesian age. Uh, but we're Carolian age is what we're in right now because we're in the Victorian age, right? And like the Georgian and the mm-hmm. Elizabethan. Mm-hmm. These like dictate times in British history. Yeah, that's it's like wild. It's funny. You hear like, oh, that's a Georgian house. That's an Elizabethan house. Uh, so that's like how they're referenced. A Victorian house. Victorian yeah, yeah, yeah. house. But that is purely about like where was the country at the time. The issue with the modern Elizabethan is that it was 70 years, which is like... <laughs> Less Quite of an indicator time. than the other ones have been able to be. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So what about all of modern history? Uh, so now, now we're in the Carolian age. That is utterly bananas. And William is now Prince of Wales. What was he? What do you mean? Well, like, well, cause, what was he? Because Charles was Prince of Wales, right? Right. So what was he called before then? then? He was the... Cambridge? Duchess no. of Cambridge. No, the Duke of Cambridge, sorry. He was the Duke of Cambridge. I see. Okay, okay. So now he is the Prince of Wales. He is now the Prince of Wales. And thieves. No, I'm just kidding. And I, and I thought it was really nice to see Harry come back, and they did a lot of like stuff together. Like one of the things that would happen is like they would go and do vigils, and mm-hmm. like so they would go as a family to Westminster, and do the vigil like around the coffin. Uh-huh. There were people that just like if your line time lined up just right. Like you were in that queue, you could be walking through when the whole family was there. Right, right, right. Can you imagine that? No, no, I could not. It'd be wild. But yeah, it's been a tough time for the country, I think, Uh, in many ways. It's been a tough time for me emotionally, like many other people. Uh, But, you know, we had, I think, a, 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 a wonderful person as our monarch for as much as somebody can be. Um, and I think that we're going into a time of great change, and I'm very eager to see what this next stage is for uh, my country. I've had a weird sense of pride for Britain recently. I think that's understandable, and especially when politically it's a disaster. <laughs> so you've got to have <laughs> something to hold on to. By the way, we have a new prime minister. I don't care for her. I'm sorry if you do. I don't. Uh, not into that. Not into uh, the trust time. Um, I wished we were having a, an election soon, but we're not. We gotta wait many years now because there is no chance that she's gonna call for an election because they will lose so bad. And we'll see how it goes over the next few years. 
Yeah, you know, I got to briefly just just talk about this just for a moment. So uh, another British friend of mine uh, shared with me, I know nothing other than what what he shared, but he said that apparently in order to win favor, the new prime minister said, we're going to cut taxes a bit. And then everyone was like, no, don't, which is the least American and potentially most British thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, as a simplification, it doesn't do the job. So they wanted to, so their way of stimulating the economy was to cut taxes, uh-huh. okay. but they only really cut taxes in a way that benefited the richest people. Ah, which is oh, like so a very, very strange American. way to do things. Which very American then? It wasn't people were saying no, don't. The market said no, don't. Which is why the pound hit like a basically new low against the dollar. Fun. But they're now starting to walk back all of these changes. Oh, like you don't one say. Of them, one of them was like there was going to be a forty-five percent tax is the highest tax bracket for people that earned, I think, over £150,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And they took that away. So it's like 40 was going to be the maximum. And it's kind of just like, what? Why? What? And so that, and then they've, they've reversed <laughs> that one and the markets have reacted positively. Oh my gosh. It seems like, I, I mean this with no pride or you know, I don't mean this in any particular way, but it seems like things are a little messy over there right now. That is definitely one way to say it. I mean, I mean, it's been messy here for six years, so I'm not yeah. one to throw stones, but yeah. Uh, but as I said before, same as Brexit, this is me- messy politics. This isn't messy, absurdist land, oh, which you had for four years, uh, right? I'm, and actually, you I, know what? No still argue. have, you know, well, we just like still have it. The removal of fundamental human rights, which is occurring, <laughs> it's just yep. like oh, okay. Yeah. You it's know? still a mess. It but is still a mess. But I feel like we mess. have we have bad stuff happening, but it feels like it's within a realm of like what you could assume politics to be doing. Yeah. I mean, yep. you know, and we have the unprecedented times like everybody has where like the energy stuff is just like no one really knows what to do about all of this because of uh the war in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. No, it's, I got it's definitely an email the other day from like a newsletter that I, surprised, that I subscribed to and the subject line was like, Supreme Court is back in. And I was like, oh, well, that's going to be fun. I don't, oh, re- yeah. I don't really know what this means, but I know it ain't going to be anything good. Yeah, it's not going to be good. No, our, our country is on the precipice of falling completely apart. And, and I think it's better. I think there's a better chance than not that things are going to get very, very bad before they get better. But... Uh, what are you going to do? All right, let's let's turn our uh, frown. Oh, actually, before we turn our frowns upside yeah. down, one other question I meant to ask you. Well, how does Adina feel about all this? Because this is her queen, but isn't yeah, yeah. entirely her queen. So, like, what was her take on all this? She's sad. She is sad. I mean, she pledged mm-hmm. her allegiance to this woman. Like, actually right. pledged her allegiance. Yeah, yeah. I've never yeah. done that. <laughs> I haven't. I've never done that. No, right, right, right. But she I'm had to stand up in a room of a portrait and pledge her allegiance. She was very upset. Um, about oh. it, like I was, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. one of the things that she was really bummed about, which is like, a, it's the thing that we didn't do. It's a shame that we didn't do it. If you send a Christmas card to the queen, you get one mm-hmm. back. Oh, and no she'd been meaning to do it, but we just hadn't gotten around to it. Oh, and now it's bad. like a thing we wished we had done. And like yeah, you get yeah, yeah. the queen, the queen's Christmas card back. Like that's the thing that, that they do. I do not know how they manage this, but it's Neither a thing I. that they, that they do. Um, that's cool yeah I wish she would have lived to, to be 100 I wish she would have lived to be 100 it would have been so great but 
that would have been extreme. I mean, 96 or whatever it was is still pretty good. Like, I'm not shaking my fist at 96 years. I mean, I'd love to have that. Especially since it seems like she was all there to, until maybe the last couple of months. Like, it wasn't like, you know, she lived to 90 and then was a vegetable afterwards. Like, she was all there, for, as far as I could tell, uh, pretty much right until the end. So, all right, all right, let's talk about something that's happier. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Products, services, even the content that you create, Squarespace has got you covered. You can sell your products in an online store with Squarespace. You can sell physical goods, digital goods. They have all of the tools that you need to start selling online and then everything that you need to be able to understand and grow your business. If you ever wonder where these sales are going to come from, or even your site visitors, maybe you have a blog. They have really great blogging tools for you to share your stories, photos, videos, updates, and more. You can categorize everything, schedule your posts, you know. But you could do these. These are just a couple of the things that you can do with Squarespace. But once you've set all that stuff up, if you want to know which channels are most effective for you, if you want to know where, like, what is the top keywords, what is your most popular products, what are your most popular content, all of this can be analyzed in Squarespace. Once you have that data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy to make the best advantage of it. Some of that marketing could be of an email campaign. You can encourage your visitors to sign up as email subscribers and start them on the journey to becoming loyal customers. You can uh, create beautiful looking emails with their wonderful templates, just like their entire site designs. You choose from these wonderful templates, customize them however you want. You add your brand colors, your logo, all that kind of stuff. And then with the email campaigns, there are also, of course, built-in analytics so you can see how every send goes out. Go and try this out for yourself now. If you have a project that you want to put online, Squarespace is the place to start. Go to squarespace.com analog. You can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code analog and you will save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com analog and then use the offer code analog to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the show. A thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. Let's do some recommendations. All right, what you got for me? So I listened to Upgrade immediately before recording this very program. And <laughs> before listening to Upgrade, I put Casey has read most of After Steve in the show notes. And uh -huh. I stand by that I do recommend the book, but Jason had some very excellent points. Jason, <laughs> Jason doesn't like the book or Correct. doesn't recommend the book. I still yeah. recommend the book, even after listening to everything Jason had to say. Look, the way I come down on this is I think Jason's uh, sensitive to the journalistic part of the book. Yeah, that's well, that's well put. And is sensitive to the like story, some of the storytelling things that the book does. If you are like me, and I expect like you, reading this for entertainment and informational purposes, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would go so far as to say fantastic, but I definitely think it is good. Um, I have spoken to a couple of my friends inside Apple about a couple of things that were reported, and they were like, eh, I'm not so sure that's correct. But Nevertheless, um, I still think it is. I mean, how would they know unless they were there, Casey? Well, sure, but uh, some of them were there for parts of this and have said, "Yeah, that's not exactly how it went down." But of course, I never got any details. Maybe they should speak that. to Trip Buckle. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> still such a great name. Set the record straight. Right, such a good name. But anyways, uh, no, it it is definitely got some problems, which Jason enumerated on Upgrade. 
Plus, I believe it was. Wow, this is turning into one big sp- uh, ad read for Upgrade Plus accidentally, and it's all my fault. Vertical integration. There it is. It's that vertical integration. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good. I, well, I'm not done with it, but I'm something like 80% of the way through, maybe 90%. I, th- I thought it was good. Um, you definitely, I, I think you should read it with a, some amount of skepticism, but I don't think it reads as like a, a, a pile of BS. It, it reads as though it's the, the broad strokes of it are probably true. And, and again, I echo a lot of Jason's sentiments and I think you did too, but I think it's worth reading. So you can check that out. I also have, have borrowed it from the library. So um, I agree with Jason there. Uh, libraries, turns out they're pretty good. You should check them out. Uh, so that's another recommendation, I guess. Um, have I talked about 19.2? I don't think I have. Does that ring a bell? I don't know what that is. Okay. So 19.2 is a relatively old TV show. It's from like the aughts, maybe the early 2010s. I forget exactly when it was. Canadian police procedural crime drama. Mm-hmm, that's right. Um, there was a French version of it at some point. No, it's 2014. Wow, much more recent than I thought. Uh, it's from 2014. It's uh, There's a French version that I, of course, not watched, and then they basically remade it as an English language version. This has like half of the Letterkenny cast before Letterkenny existed, but I enjoy it. Um, it's... it's it, I don't know how to describe it really, but it's like a cop show, but without the like American worship of all things police officer. Uh, it's vaguely more in the direction of the wire, not strongly, but vaguely in the direction of the wire um, than it is like uh, the rookie, which is a silly cop show that I watch that I cannot recommend, but I keep watching it. Um, but I, I think it's fun if you can get your hands on it. Um, I enjoy it. And then finally, I'd like to publicly apologize to our mutual friend, Jelly who had told me for months, if not years, that I really should give this t- kids' TV show Bluey a try. Oh, I hear a lot about this. I, keep, I kept saying to Jelly, oh, whatever, sure, whatever. Yes, I'm sure this Australian kids' TV show is so great. Whatever. It's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, yes, actually, it is. You're right. I forgot about that. Yes, um, it is on Disney+, Plus, all except, I think, the most recent, like, 10 or so episodes. It is legitimately, like, a very, very watchable kids' show. If you have kids... Or really, even if you don't. But if you do have kids, um, I definitely think that you could enjoy Bluey. As a silly example, one of the episodes, I think it's called Whale Watching or something like that. Um, it opens with the parents. It's a family of four. And the, the two parents are like, one, the, the dad is laying on the ground and the mom is laying on the couch. And they're just groaning. Oh, oh I don't feel good. And then Bluey, the elder of the two girl children, comes in and says, you know, oh, what's wrong? And they say, oh, we don't feel good. Oh, is that because you stayed up too late uh, for such and such as New Year's party last night? Yes. And so if you if you watch this with oh my God, if you watch this with America or not with American eyes, excuse me, with adult eyes, you realize they're just really hung over from a New Year's party. And that's what's going on. But of course, my kids have no freaking clue. They, they just they, they stayed up late. What are you going to do? Uh, so there's little like nods like that. They're very Pixar-like in that regard, which is just adorable. And it's just hysterical. So, uh, I mean, if you don't have kids, it, it I wouldn't go out of your way to watch it. But certainly if you have kids, and even if you don't, you can give it a shot. Uh, Bluey is surprisingly good. So I'm sorry, Jelly. I should have listened to you a long time ago. Uh, She-Hulk, attorney at mm-hmm. law. I do not know if I've mentioned this yet. Not to me. It's really good. It's very <laughs> funny, and it's basically what I wanted, which is a TV comedy procedural law show in the Marvel okay. universe. Mm-hmm. Tatiana Maslany, who is She-Hulk, mm-hmm. 
unbelievably good. She is so funny. They absolutely knocked out of the park on the casting of her in this show. It's great, man. It's as good as any of the Marvel TV shows. Like so far, it it's up there in like the top three for me of Marvel TV shows. Like maybe top two. Oh wow! Um, okay, I love it. It's great. Um, it's right. easy to watch. They're like 20, 30 minute episodes. There's nine of them in total. I think there's been six or seven so far. Um, there's a bunch of really fun cameos. Uh, there's a lot of like uh, Easter eggs for fans. Um, mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Wonderful show and a big recommendation for She-Hulk. Yeah, you know, the problem I have with this is that there's so much that I feel like I've been told I need to watch. Like, for example, uh, what's the new Star Wars thing? Like Nando, Nando. I haven't watched that that yet. I'll get to that at some point. I don't really, it doesn't like, doesn't bother me. There are some shows that I make sure I'm watching. So I'm in the zeitgeist of them. And that tends to be all the Marvel stuff. Like I'm going to watch it no matter what. Cause like I care (laughs) about that, but Mm -hmm. I I have no doubt Andor's good, but like it's, all in the past, right? Like of the way that Star Wars works. And so like, I'll get to it eventually. It's nowhere near as buzzy online as um, Obi-Wan. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. If you you weren't seeing Obi-Wan, that show was going to get spoiled for you. I feel like I see nothing about about Andor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a big Marvel fan. So I always watch that stuff. Uh, But I'll get to Andor at some point. But, it's not going to be right. anytime immediately soon. But but She-Hulk, She-Hulk I really recommend. I think okay. it's really, really good. We'll check it out. What else you got? Uh, the Great British Bake Off just started up again. Uh, of course. I think it's showing simultaneously on Netflix this time. I don't Is know it? if that's been the case before. I mean, not to my recollection, but I've never really paid attention, so I'm not sure. In America, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. And yeah, I've it. This season has started very strong. There are a couple of people in this this season that I really really like, but usually there's like some people where I'm like, oh, this person gets on my nerves or whatever. And I've had none of that uh, this season. And so yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Matt and Noel are so good um, as the hosts of the show. It's I'm really loving it. They they're on a good stride at the moment with Bake Off. And I know I said about Peaky Blinders last time. Peaky Blinders is so, so freaking good. The final season started yesterday. All the episodes dropped on Netflix, so we're working through that this week. Um, oh, fun times. That is a, like, I have loved Peaky Blinders. Loved And it. what's the premise of this again? Gangsters in the UK. Um, in the, like, 20s and 30s. But they're in Birmingham. They're Birmingham-based. Okay. It's like, a, it's just... Mob show, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you like that kind of thing, which I do, uh, I think you're really gonna like Peaky Blinders. And it's um, the main star in it. Is his name Kian Murphy? We've been through. We we literally went through this last time. Shan Murphy. Oh yes, no, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. No, not Murphy. Wait. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm doing this again. No, no, it's Murphy. You're right. I would pronounce it Cillian, and I would be wrong. It's Killian. That's why okay, I, was- I did it again. I did this last time. Killian yep. Murphy, who's a big actor, you know, like he's been in a bunch of stuff like, yep, 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 yep. like uh Inception. Batman movies, Inception. And he's just superb in this show. So a uh, big recommendation for Peaky Blinders. I'm gonna do to recommend it again because I won't recommend it anymore <laughs> because I'm about to finish it. Fair enough. This is the last season. 
this is the last season, but I think they're also going to do a movie. Okay. Because it ended up becoming like a co-production between BBC and Netflix. I got you. And it got like more popular with the previous season and you could really tell like the production values went through the roof. <laughs> Funny when the money flows in, you can do that sort of thing. 